Okay, in today's episode, I'm gonna be talking about why some businesses fail to systemize and to offload their work and to actually create a business that really gives them the lifestyle that they dream of and why some other business owners manage to nail this and actually create a wonderful machine that basically just gets on, gets their work done without them having to do too much involvement. What is the difference between make those two groups of people, people that are successful at systemization and people that aren't. And how do we ensure that you have the best chance of success if you're a one-man band or if you've got an established business with a team and all those things are gonna be discussed in this episode today. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Okay, so this topic of why some businesses fail to systemize and other businesses succeed is something that really, it comes up all the time in our coaching sessions, as in the barriers that are preventing people from being successful systemization come up. People ask me questions, they have concerns, they are worried, things aren't working out for them. And it's in overcoming these challenges for our clients and obviously for myself as well over the years that I think I've got a pretty good picture now about what the key things are that actually uh, make the biggest differences between someone being successful, and that doesn't matter if you've got you know zero employees or if you've got 10 employees or more, uh, the difference between you being successful or not. And I believe there are three main reasons why people fail, and there's four, possibly five reasons why other people succeed. And I wanna cover those as we go through today. But first of all, I wanna look at the reasons why some people or some businesses fail to systemize. There are two really types of business in my eyes, in my head when I'm thinking about this, and it does make a difference to how, uh, or the, the problems that people encounter. So first off, you've got really your, your one-person bands, your one-man bands or your one-woman bands, and when the business owner really is the business, like everything about their business is them, they pretty much do everything. They may get some help with bits and bobs, they may have an accountant, and they may you know, use a web developer or something like that, but pretty much they are the business. And the reason that they, in my opinion, fail to succeed is because they are too busy. They are busy fools, so to speak. They're putting out fires, they're doing everything themselves. And you know, I know that because I've been there and I've done that and I've worn that t-shirt for many, many years. And the biggest uh, difference between people like that being successful or not is literally just taking the leap of faith and actually getting started with hiring their first person. It sounds really simple, but that is the biggest reasons that most people fail to systemize. And the second reason is, which goes hand in hand with this, is that just hiring somebody new isn't actually enough. You need to actually be hiring the right type of person. This goes across any type of business. That when you start thinking about creating systems, about documenting what you're doing so other people can do it for you and without your involvement, you need to have somebody else to help you do that. Because you as the business owner, whether you're a one-person band or you know, you're a manager or a CEO and you've got a big team, you haven't got time to do this. You are too valuable. You are your business's most valuable and best employee. 
So you haven't got time to write checklists and operation manuals and you know long-winded, I uh, spent hours like perfecting flowcharts and all the rest of it to sort of communicate to the rest of the team what it is that needs to be done in your business or how it needs to be done. You simply do not have time. And so if you try to do this yourself, that is the second reason that most people fail. First, they don't have anyone at all to delegate stuff to. So what's the point in creating systems to delegate unless you have someone to delegate? But even when they hire somebody to delegate, they don't actually empower them to help the help you in the systemization process. So by hiring somebody that isn't uh, you and that isn't a key member of your staff, that is uh, the biggest reason, or not doing that is the biggest reason people fail when you're one-man band anyway. So you have to convince yourself that this is a worthwhile investment as well. Investment of time, investment of energy, of learning how to create systems and how to then get other people to do so for you. And so the easiest way I believe for you as a business owner to, to, uh, to do that is to avoid the other reason that a lot of people fail is they don't convince themselves first that they really need this before they get started. So then when they hit barriers and obstacles that you do with anything new that you come across, that you, you basically, you uh, go back to your old way of working. So when it doesn't work out when you first delegate something, when you don't get your, um, you know, your results you expected the first time round, and things don't go to plan or, you know, it is, it is difficult to work with someone from abroad and you find it, the communication isn't the way you, know, you, you hoped it would be or you haven't found the right person or whatever it is that comes along in the hundreds of different possible obstacles that you'll be hit with as you go through this journey. If you haven't totally convinced yourself that the holy grail of business is to systemize and therefore to be able to delegate effectively without your involvement, if you don't believe that, then you will give it up and you'll go back to your old ways of running around like a busy fool, doing everything yourself because that works. You can make a living doing that. You just can't live while you do that because you are going to be working yourself into an early grave. You are your business. You can't sell it. You can't retire. You know, you can't uh, gift it to somebody as a legacy because it's you. You are your business. So you've got to convince yourself that this is the best thing that you can do for your lifestyle, but also really the only way you're going to ever achieve the uh, vision of what you set out to create in your business. You're only ever, only ever going to achieve your dreams if you actually get other people to help you do stuff. So not having that, not convincing yourself before you get started is, again, one of the biggest reasons that people fail. And sort of the flip side, or not the flip side, but moving on from that, that we're talking here about one-man bands or one-woman bands, but what about when you've got staff? And you know, not convincing yourself that this is the most important thing you can possibly do is really important, but also not convincing your staff of the value and the benefits to them of them getting involved in this process is equally important and equally one of the reasons that companies fail to actually systemize. And I'm going to walk through what I, how I teach this and how I explain people can go through this process um, more logically and in a structured way to actually get their stuff on board in a second. But just to feel about the, re or let's just explore the reasons why staff don't get involved or don't get on board with this whole systemization process. And they are really valid uh, reasons, valid, valid obstacles that, that people uh, have or bar barriers or fears that they have. There's this huge fear of being threatened that if they get the knowledge that's in their head and put it down in a way that other people can um, do the work that they currently do, they're no longer going to be necessary. They're going to, they're, they're, their livelihood will be threatened because someone else could do their work for them. And in essence, that is actually a bit true. 
Like they could. That's the whole point of you doing this. You're protecting your business by getting um, everything out of people's heads and down in a way that other people can do it for them or help them to do it. But the problem is, if you don't do that, then you as a business owner are totally beholden to that individual and you are in serious, serious uh, danger of that person leaving and taking all that knowledge with them. You aren't able to scale their role because they're the person that's doing it all. If you want to try and scale their role, you're relying on that person training somebody else. And if they're a super high valuable person in your company, then you're basically going to have to reduce the amount of work they're doing for them just to train somebody else. So having everything documented that someone's doing in such a way that other people can actually come in and support or take over the work or you know when someone's on holiday, etc., they can actually do that work for them is massively valuable. That's obviously what we're talking about. But people feel threatened. They worry that their job's going to be on the line. So you have to be very careful about how you present this to people. People also are busy. I mean, you don't employ people to sit around on their hands and do nothing. You employ people and you give them work. And you probably have filled up every hour, every minute of someone's day and often more. People often work more than, you know, 40, 50 hours a week to keep their job because there's just so much to do because business is never ending. You never run out of stuff to do in business. It's not like, you know, you end the day think, oh, today's work's done. You know, there's nothing to do till tomorrow now. No, it's just you choose to stop there. You could continue forever. And your staff is the same. Their work is never done. And so you need to be aware of that, that they are busy. So you asking them to do something new is just not going to work. You have to give them or carve out time for them to do this. So you, so either you carve out a big chunk of time and say, right, you know, 50% of your day on work, 50% on systems, or you make the creation of those systems so slick, so easy, so non-time consuming that it doesn't actually in, interfere with their day-to-day. And it's a pleasure for them to actually record stuff and actually to, uh, to, to get it done. Because ultimately being busy is one thing, but also people have priorities. In their heads, you know, you've been working maybe with someone for 10 or 15 years. So in their heads, the work they've been doing for the past however many years they work for you is important. I mean, why would you give them that work if it wasn't important? So they're going to prioritize doing that work probably over documentation of doing that work. Because to them, the value is in the doing of the work. It's in the delivery of the outcomes of the tasks that they're doing is maybe serving clients, selling widgets, um, you know, making the cogs just turn smoother or whatever, speeding things up. All that stuff is like massively, massively important to them in their heads and massive, a massive priority for them compared to writing down a few, you know, checklists, which they don't think anyone's going to watch anyway. If they do, it's going to threaten their job. So why would they do it? They're always going to find an excuse about prioritizing their existing work over the uh, this, this new task, this new thing, this crazy idea that the new CEO has come up with. Oh, we're going to document everything in our business and it's going to be all nice and hunky-dory. Just another one of those silly ideas that he's going to forget about in a week. So again, going back to the resolve, you've got to actually you know, see this through. You've got to believe it with all your heart. This is what you need to do so that when this pushback comes, you don't crumble, that you do stand your ground and you do say, no, there is no option. We are doing this, <clears throat> but hopefully we're going to we're going to do it in such a way that it actually works. And we're going to talk through some how you actually can convince people that it's in their own benefit to um, do this whole process of systemization documentation. Um, and it's not all about you and your business and, you know, and, and, and that actually this is the highest priority thing um, with a few exceptions. Another thing I actually mentioned, I probably should have mentioned it before when we talk about business owners, but people as well. So not everybody is a systems geek. Like 
not everybody is a complete finisher. Not everybody loves detail. Not everyone loves technology or not everybody loves to teach or to, to explain. Not everyone likes being on camera. There are personalities you have to deal with, both in yourself as a business owner, because many business owners aren't those things. Many business owners are not complete finishers. I'm not a complete finisher. Uh, I have to employ complete finishers. Um, not many business owners are systems geeks. I am a systems geek, so I've got that one going for me. Um, but actually, um, thinking about you, but also your staff, that they may not really get this stuff. They may not see the value of it. They may not really understand what it is you're asking them to do. And so we need to ensure that we support those, whether that's yourself or your staff, with somebody who does get it, who does love it, who does think, you know, creating flowcharts or documentation or checklists or, you know, seeing the, how the, the effect of the improvement in quality of work based because of the, the, the um, quality of the documentation of that task, all that geeky stuff that, you know, some of you listen to this now, maybe they're just thinking cringing at, you know, People love that stuff. I love that stuff, you know, and some people love that stuff and you can find them and you can hire them and you can hire them from places like the Philippines where it's super cheap because of the cost of living over there that you can actually benefit from that and actually hire somebody who loves this sort of stuff, who's really good at it, who thanks you for giving them more of the type of thing and you actually need to only pay them a, to us, a low sort of wage compared to someone who's coming from locally, but to them, you actually give them a good, uh, a good quality of life uh, because they live in a country where the cost of living is lower. So you need to support yourself or your or your stuff with the right people. And we'll come to that in a minute in the, really in the, in the I will repeat some of this when we get to the benefits, because a lot of the benefits, oh, sorry, the benefits, the, the reasons why some companies succeed, because obviously the reasons that some companies succeed are in some ways just the opposite to the reason that many fail. So let's just summarize the biggest reasons that I think that the failure of uh, implementing systems, of getting your everything out of you and your core members of staff uh, out of their heads, down in a way that other people can do that work. If you're not able to come to work or you don't want to do it anymore, or you want to, you know, your staff aren't in work or they leave. And those are, first of all, not actually convincing yourself 100% that this is the one way to achieve your dreams and your, your life ambitions. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to experience the benefit yourself before you try to convince anybody else. So start the process of documentation. Go through, sorry, not documentation, of systemization. So go through this, hire yourself somebody to help you document stuff, hire yourself to somebody, someone to do the task that you're documenting. And that's why I say you should hire someone from, say, the Philippines, for example. Start with some easy admin tasks and then start offloading stuff. Start seeing the results. Start seeing you free up your time. Start seeing how easy this is to do, how painless it is when you don't have to do all the hard work yourself. And then you are totally convinced. So when you come and try and sell it to your staff, then it's an easy job because literally they can just buy into your enthusiasm and also into your evidence that you can actually present and say, look, this is how my life's improved as a result. And, you know, as interesting, I was on a sales call, a sales training session last night with some, I do um, marketing and sales training. And one of the things that they talked about was in sales, the best way to convince somebody that your they should buy your product is that you believe it 150%, like 100%, you believe in what you do and that the, the good that it will do for the business, the person that's investing in your product or service. If you believe that 100% and no BS, no nothing, it actually is a genuine belief, 
then that comes across and that person will buy your honesty and your integrity and your you know your enthusiasm into what it is you're selling. And that's no different here. Any idea you're trying to sell to somebody, if you don't believe yourself, you won't sell it. If you do, you will, or you have a much better chance anyway. So number two, the biggest mistake people make, or uh, the biggest reasons I think that, that people fail to systemize is you don't sell your staff on the benefits. So we'll talk about the benefits in a minute to the staff and how you can sell yourself in when we're talking about doing it right, but not selling your staff on why they should do it, what's in it for them. And then thirdly, we have mentioned this, but not hiring a dedicated person outside of your current team to start the documentation and the you know the process mapping and the creating the operation manuals and then the doing of a lot of that mundane the admin type work and maintaining those documents and improving them going forward. So if you don't have that sort of person in your role, your existing staff will never have time to do it. You won't have time to do it, so it doesn't get done. And that person must be affordable, and you must make it easy for them by actually giving them a structure and a system for them to follow. So you need to know what you're doing. They need to know how to document it and your staff need training as well. So if you tr- get the training, oh, we're, getting, we're getting into the reasons why it succeed now. But uh, but anyway, we'll move into that now. But yeah, the, we need to actually train everybody else to do this. And that's why some businesses also succeed and some don't because they try and wing it uh, and don't get any help doing it. All right, so let's just move on. So those are the big reasons why people fail to 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 uh, systemize their business, to outsource their work. And let's look at the, the flip side. Why do some businesses succeed? And this will be quicker because it's going to be a lot of the, the contrasting the the, uh, the other side of why people fail. So let's look at myself, for example. Why did why have I been successful in systemizing my businesses and basically remove myself from huge chunks of what I do? Um, I've got a background in computing. So that's a bit of a head start. So I actually understood about systems analysis at a theoretical level from university. So I definitely had a head start in that. But that is a help. But it's not the only way you can actually get that head start in that education. There are, for example, we have services. We have courses training people to how to systemize, how to document, how to train their staff. We have courses for business owners, for their staff. We have courses for the systems uh, creators. You know, that's how, that's what we teach. And so I've basically got all the knowledge that I've got and put it into a course for the people. So you can get this. And we're not the only provider out there. There's many others, I'm sure, who do similar things. So you can get that head start as well. So it's not unique to me. It's just that's the way I got that. And that's why I got that head start. I also dedicated literally six months of my life to going on training courses, to reading, to trial and error without any other focus in my work except for figuring out how to effectively uh, systemize what I did, delegate my work out and, um, and work with virtual assistants, work with remote workers. So I did nothing else for six months except for that uh, and basically applied all that to my, to my property business, which pretty much ran itself at the time, uh, but then now really runs itself um, because I, I have done this. And also by, uh, and then, sorry, and then I actually started then training people to do exactly that. And that's where I basically built up the knowledge since then. So uh, I, that's, that's for me, that was my big head start. And that's what I got above most of the people. I also enjoy systems and tech. I'm not a good complete finisher. I get bored before the end of a task. I need people to mop things up. But all I need to be really pulled in accountable for actually getting that done. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a system. So I got that going for me as well. I always had low overheads. So I didn't have any staff when I started this process. I had my first virtual assistant from the Philippines. Uh, she cost maybe two or three dollars an hour. I can't actually remember now off the top of my head. Um, and because I had no staff, I didn't have anyone else to worry about. I didn't have to think about, you know, livelihoods of people. Um, but then when I did start hiring people, 
you know, the, the way that we were working in our business about documentation, about recording videos, about how we delegated, that was just the way we worked. I wasn't didn't need to convince any staff because if you work for me, this is the way we work. So that therefore, if I think about some of our clients that have been successful, some of those things that are true. Not many clients have had the same head start as me in the uh, the systems education and the dedication to actually employing it. I mean, that's why they become our clients. That's what they get from me. So they come as our clients and I transfer that knowledge to them as quickly as I humanly possibly can. So they get that. They get that, 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 um, uh, that head start. The second thing, personality. Not all my clients, actually not many of them, are systems geeks. Some of them are, not all of them. And so what we do to mitigate that is that we hire a systems orientated person, like I discussed before, into their company. And that person will be someone from, say, the Philippines, and therefore the, lo- the cost is low, but we find somebody who is uh, detailed or- orientated, they will complete the finish, they enjoy systems, they enjoy technology, and that's the person that they start working with. And therefore, it doesn't matter if they aren't, the business owner isn't, because they've now got somebody in the company that is. And the ones that are probably the most successful in some ways uh, or they find the easy, not the most, the, the, the ones that find the path the easiest are like me, the ones that start with no stuff. So anyone coming in, they just come into this new world of systems and uh, you know, the, the, we, have, we call it systems for outsourcing methodology. They come into that world uh, and they know all about, you know, they're exposed to operational manuals, task templates, task boards, all the things that we teach. Uh, and that's just the way the, the way that company works. So that makes it easier for them. And um, But a lot of our clients aren't in that situation, that they don't, they, they already do have staff. And why are they successful where, you know, if we think about what I was contrasting before about why people fail and all those reasons about um, the, that you can't convince your staff or they get worried and, you know, getting people to do the work, all that, all that sort of stuff. So how do some of the businesses or what is the difference between the businesses that come and work for me that's successful that have got established teams versus those ones that fail either that haven't worked through us or we have had no people that come and uh, that come on our programs that aren't so successful and that's just you have to the nature of that um but those that are successful and that's what i want to really focus on here because there's many many case studies of those um and the reasons are really very simple i touched on these before so Again, we're going to reiterate some stuff. The reason you'll be successful in convincing your staff and therefore creating a systemized business from your existing, or getting your team to systemize your existing business is first, experience the benefits yourself. So hire your systems creator, your operation manuals creator. Record yourself doing some stuff and get them to document it and then get them to do some of that work. You then see how quick and easy it is to transfer knowledge to somebody else and get the results you want. And therefore, you are totally sold. Once you are you are totally sold, you then start the process of selling it to your staff. So I wouldn't even advise you tell your staff you're doing this until after you've sold yourself completely. Then, when you're selling it to your staff, you need to try to explain the benefits to them. What's in it for them? So the idea that they are, um, that they will be able to offload some of the stuff they don't like doing, the repetitive, the mundane, the time-consuming, the boring, the stuff they just hate doing, the wish they didn't have to do, which is part of their job. If they could offload that affordably to somebody else and you'd be happy to pay for it, that may make their lives a little bit happier. It may make them be able to go home 10 minutes earlier. It may actually just make them be more productive and, and get a bigger bonus because they've suddenly got more sales or whatever it is their role is. If you can make that happen for them 
and give them the opportunity to do more of what they love and what they're good at and less of what they hate and what they're bad at, that's a massive benefit for most people. Some people just want complacency. Some people want to just sit there and do nothing and get paid for it. Great. Maybe they're not the right people for your company. You know, that's a judgment you'll have to make. Maybe you'll need to think about, you know, if these aren't the right people, if, these, if I can't incentivize these people to get on board with this, are they actually the right people for my company? Because this is the vision. This is where I want to take my company. I want to systemize. I want to create a, a legacy that I'm proud of. And if you've not got people on your team who are going to help you do that, then you're going to struggle. So um, convincing them because of the benefits to them of being able to offload stuff is one thing. Second thing, when they take time off, then say they want to go on holiday, then if somebody else can step in and help them out while they're away because their work's been documented, you know, maybe it won't be done as well or maybe it won't be completely finished, but they, they can at least get some of it done. That person won't come back to chaos. They won't come back to a mountain of work or they won't feel obliged to check their emails when they're on holiday because someone else is doing that for them. They won't feel obliged to respond to clients because someone else is doing that for them. All the things that drag their, their mind away from just being able to relax and enjoy their time with their families, you can then mitigate that and actually replace that because they have bothered to, to document their systems before they went. And also, if that person ever wants to be promoted to take a pay rise, then that person to get that pay rise needs to take on more responsibility and therefore they'd have to let go of some stuff. You can't just keep on adding to people. You have to take away stuff in, to be able to add more responsibility. So when you take stuff away from somebody or when someone elevates up, they elevate up, a void is left behind. Whether that's you elevating yourself up and delegating down or your staff. And that void that left behind needs to be filled. The quickest way to transfer that knowledge, in my opinion, is to have it already documented. That then the person being elevated doesn't need to train the person below. It's just part of the process. It's so much easier doing that. And it means that it can be done instantly. It means it doesn't take the, new, the person um, who's been promoted away from their new high responsibilities and waste time, money training somebody else. It can just happen um, super slickly. So... That's how we try to convince, or that's how I, I teach my clients to convince their staff to, um, and to, and just to explain that they're not going to be doing, just one more thing, to explain they're not going to be doing the documentation themselves. They're not going to be the ones having to write checklists and long-winded explanations and stuff because you've got a system to do it and somebody else is going to follow that system and do it for them. They are literally just going to record themselves doing their work in a certain way, uh, which you, you know you have to provide training for them to do that. And then they will basically be able to give that video or that, um, yeah, the video of them doing the work to somebody else and then that's it everything else taken taken care of for them. So it only takes them a few minutes more than it would, would have taken to do the task anyway to get their work completely documented. And that, again, makes it easy, takes away some of the barriers, some of the complaints. Oh, I've not got time. You know, I've got other work to do. Get rid of all that, but making it literally take a few seconds longer than it would anyway. And then they've got no excuse. So just to reel off the biggest benefits to wrap up here, or the biggest reasons, sorry, not the biggest benefits, the biggest reasons why some businesses succeed in systemizing, and that is that you convince yourself first by offloading your own tasks, by freeing your time to seeing the benefits, to believing this 100%, this is what you need to do before trying to convince anybody else. To start as early as possible, ideally before you even take on your first member of staff, your first person you bring on should be the person who's going to be documenting your work, doing your admin, and then anyone that comes in after that just buys into the way you work because that is the way you work. Going on from that, 
always, no matter if it's the first person you're hiring or the 10th or 100th person you're hiring, hire a dedicated operation manual and systems creator outside of your current team so they are not distracted by the existing work and you can just pile this stuff onto them and make sure it's someone who loves doing that time of work, the type of work, sorry. Also, number four, make sure you invest in yourself and in your team to make sure that everybody knows how to create systems as quickly as humanly possible without it taking them away from doing their work and then make sure they're doing it in such a way that somebody else can document all of that as quickly as possible. So you start actually seeing the benefits of this really quickly and it not becoming something just, you know, a documentation that just sits on a shelf and doesn't get used. This needs to be a living and breathing document or, or a process uh, documentation or system, sorry, a living and breathing system that's constantly updated, constantly used. And if that is the case and people see benefit from it, which you will once you've done this, and I'll talk about the benefit systemization uh, in another episode where I haven't got time for it today, unfortunately. Um, so that's number four about investing in yourself and training everybody else. And number five is selling it to your team. So go in, go in hard with the benefits to them. You know, obviously there's benefits to you. You don't have to pretend there's not. Having a business that's protected, that you're not relying on key individuals, that you're not beholden to them, holding you to ransom, I mean. Um, all those things are really great. But actually, go in hard, sell it to the benefits of them about, you know, giving them the opportunity to be elevated, to be promoted, to do less of the stuff they hate, to take real time off work, to feel secure in their jobs because they actually become a super valuable member of the team, selling them exactly to, to explain that actually the systemization of the business is the most important thing. And therefore, if you get good at it, you become super valuable, more valuable than you are now. So if you can sell it in those ways, you will be, um, yeah, massively, uh, you'll get a massively better response and incentivize them. If, if all else fails, say, if you do this, I will, you know, well, you'll get a pay rise simply because you've done, you know, this many uh, videos for your, for your systemization process. And ultimately, if they don't want to get on board with this, there has to be some sort of automation. If you've convinced, convinced yourself this is the way forward and your existing team aren't buying into that and they're pushing back and pushing back no matter what you do, no matter how you try to incentivize them, then sadly, they're probably not the right people for your business and you're going to have to make some hard decisions. Finishing on a happy note, woohoo, uh, that's it. So um, yeah, thank you very much. I hope you found this useful. If you have, please hit subscribe. Please leave us a review or a, a rating. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's any um, particular topics you'd like me to cover and do share in the Facebook group, do share on the reviews or into our LinkedIn page or Facebook pages, wherever you are experiencing this, please do share when you implement stuff and the benefits you get from learning from the stuff you learn on these podcasts. It massively helps uh, boost my uh, energies and also helps other people to be um, uh, to get along with the program and actually want well, to get along with the program to, uh, to actually do that as well and actually sort of uh, implement stuff, get benefit from it and actually improve their business as a result. Thank you very much indeed. Take care. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one and for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. 
So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions, and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day, and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Oh,